Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We're going to welcome in a guy who 22 years ago threw a perfect game on May the 17th at Yankee Stadium. And let's just say this guy in two stints was one of my favorite Yankees hands down. Uh, he was a fiery competitor. He knew how to win in October. He knew how to have a good time, too. Let's welcome in the great David Wells, who's nice enough to join us. Boomer, what's happening, brother? Oh, man, just chilling, just like everybody else, trying to get through this crap that we're all in. It sucks, but you know what? Make the best of it. Amen to that, my friend. I mean, it's been a whole lot of online poker, a whole lot of golf, and a whole lot of running. So, David, I guess let's start here. What have you been doing as we've been locked down now for like the last couple of weeks? What have you been trying to do to keep your mind off things? <laughs> well, first of all, I started off going through, you know, all 26 years of my baseball career. Uh, just hit that closet and took everything out and just went through it all and started itemizing and pulling stuff out. And I, I found so much crap from 26 years of baseball. And so I had so much stuff. I just, decided to go on Twitter with the Twitter fans and then run it through my foundation. I just started uh, selling stuff and raising money for our first responders, you know, for my buddy in New York, uh, Sage and Zest and, and, uh, and Mike Walsh, who, who uh, did a lot of stuff with, uh, with the Yankees, helping him out. And then a lot of people here in San Diego for, uh, for the first responders, feeding them, getting them, getting them real food instead of that, uh, that vending machine. No, it's tremendous, dude. It's great to see that you're helping out. Out of curiosity, when you were digging through some of your old stuff, did you find that Babe Ruth hat that you wore back in 97 that Tory made you take <laughs> off? Boomer, I was at that game, and I will never forget, we're sitting down the first baseline, and we see you coming into the dugout, and we're like, man, Wells is wearing a funky hat today. What's going on? And then we find out it's Babe Ruth's hat from God knows when. So did you stumble upon that one? No, I got rid of that about eight years ago. Uh, we were having fires out here in San Diego, so I ended up putting it on the uh, on the auction block and getting rid of it. Just you know, you hate to see something like that get burned, you know, losing in a in a in a fire.
know, so I started getting rid of a few pieces. I, I, do I regret it? Kind of. But, you know, that hat got me a condo in Florida, so that's all right. Oh, there you go. Nothing wrong with that. So, David, nope. 22 years ago, you throw the perfect game at Yankee Stadium. Uh, when the calendar rolls around each and every year and you're looking at the middle of May, what is, like, the thought that goes through your mind when you think about that Sunday at Yankee Stadium? You know, it was a blur back then. Sometimes it's still a blur. <laughs> but, you know, I'll, I'll have a cocktail on May 17th. You know, every for the last 22 years I've toasted it. and But, uh, yeah, you know, I've only watched it, I think, maybe once since, since it happened. And, you know, like I said, it, it was just a blur that day. I didn't really remember a whole lot. I had to go back and watch the game to kind of figure out really what happened and, you know, solidify it. But, uh, you know, I, I went on Twitter the other day and with all the Twitter fans and answered questions, you know, celebrated it with them, so which was pretty cool. And you get some, some bizarre questions and they'll get some bizarre answers back. But it was pretty cool. But it's, it's nice to spend time with Yankee fans and, you know, go over that. It's, uh, you know, it does pass the time. But, uh, but yeah, you just take it in stride. That a boy, game. man. That a boy. And, David, at curiosity, obviously, you know, you're a great big game pitcher. And you're going through that game. Before that perfect game, do you remember what the closest you ever were to throwing, you know, a no-hitter or a perfect game in the big leagues? What was it? Uh, sheesh. Uh, you know, I don't think I ever came close to throwing a, a perfect game or or a no-hitter. I mean, maybe – I well, I, I think I threw maybe – one one or two hitter, and that was it. But, you know, I gave up the hit, like, in the middle of the game. So, like, it wasn't, you know, it, you, you just want to get the shutout at that point. But once you give up the hit. But, yeah, it was, you know, I don't think I was ever close, to be honest with you. Is there a moment when you're going through that game, maybe it's in the sixth inning, maybe it's in the eighth inning, where it's like, holy blank, I'm throwing a perfect game. Like, when does it, like, officially dawn on you sitting in the dugout? Well, I, I remember going in the – I think it was around the fourth inning. I think I went into the uh, players' lounge to grab a water. You know, I always got up, went in there, grabbed the water. I was a very superstitious guy, and and I heard Michael Kay on the radio saying, David Wells got a perfect game going, and I just la, 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 and I ran out of there, went in the dugout, tried to occupy myself with something else because I didn't, you know, I heard heard perfect game. So, you know, you don't want to jinx yourself. So you're just trying trying to, you know, avoid it and go out there and concentrate. And then I remember it was like, I don't know, around the sixth inning or so, you know, everyone was like avoiding me like the plague. It, it was, it was eerie. And then uh, I think I'm, I remember going sitting in between Tino and uh, Brocious and they got up and walked away. And then I just went back down to where I always sat and, and David Cohn, I think in the eighth inning came out and started talking crap on me, which was great. He kind of eased the tension kind of figured out what he was doing then but he was saying some off the wall stuff and you know but it was just try to get my mind off of it and go out and do what i do and that's so why you and tony i mean in this day i mean you guys getting in the booth and you guys are mixing it up like it's nobody's freaking business so i, I can see how coney would bring that out of you and david i gotta ask the question i read about it in your book it's obviously folklore now around the new york yankees that saturday night before the perfect game what exactly were we looking at? I'm fair to say it was a late night out in New York City, correct? 
Ooh, it was a very late night. You know what? I just <laughs> I, went, I went to dinner. I went to dinner, and then I just after dinner, I went to I went to the show, and you know, I just I hated staying in. I, I just did not like to stay in. I was fidgety, you know, especially the night before you pitch. You know, I knew I was going to get my my seven eight hours of sleep if I went to bed at one thirty in the morning. So, I uh, Marcy Klein ended up. Uh, saying you coming to the after party and I'm like no I got a pitch tomorrow and she just started ragging me to the point where I said all right let's go I'll go for a drink and before you know it, it's like 5 30 in the morning I'm hammered Jimmy Fallon hammered <laughs> we're all hammered and it was just like what am I still doing here <laughs> I got a pitch in about six hours <laughs> That's and, incredible. And, and how did you feel out of curiosity rolling out of bed, what, like three or four hours later? Were you hurting? A little Advil? A little water? Like, I can only imagine that drive to Yankee Stadium or even your bullpen for that matter. Did you feel all right throwing your bullpen that day or did you feel like garbage? Oh, I felt like crap because I only got like two, two and a half hours of sleep. And then my son woke me up and he wanted me to make him breakfast. So I was just like, wow, I was... I was just, I was out of it. And then, so I just loaded up on coffee, coffee and, and water just to rehydrate. I couldn't eat anything. I wasn't really hungry, but you know, all that coffee and water, I made about 15 trips to the bathroom on the other side. (laughs) So not out the throat, out the other end. And (laughs) it was just like, I'm just trying to stay hydrated. And, and Coney's like, boomer. He goes, you might want to hide from everybody. He goes, why don't you go in the masseuse room? And so I went in there and I just had him, work on my legs because usually when your legs go your your game's done so i just got my legs worked on and just tried to maintain and went out there and had the worst bullpen of my life the worst mel stoudemire is telling me you're doing good boomer and i was yelling at him i threw two balls out of the stadium i was just pissed and then then i go the first pitch right down the middle i'm like whoa where'd that come from and then I got the rest it. is history yeah you ain't kidding. We got the great David Wells, 22 years after the fact, to throw in the perfect game on May 17th at Yankee Stadium. And Boomer, you were the ace, my man, on that 98 team. And I've said it to this day, that is the greatest baseball team I've ever seen in my life. I didn't see the 27 Yankees. I didn't see the 61 Yankees. But, like, as a kid growing up watching you guys, it felt like you guys won Every single night. It was amazing. You'd wake up, Yankees are playing. It's a given. They're going to win. That's what they do. So as a part of it, and and being the number one starter in that given year, when was the moment for you in that 98 season? Maybe it was spring training. Maybe it was, you know, a month in. Maybe it was a couple of months in where you're like, man, I'm a part of something special here. Well, after the first, I think we were like one and four to start the season. It was something or 0-4, or whatever it was, and Joe Torrey was not happy. We had a meeting, and he he aired us out. He let us have it, called some guys out. <clears throat> guys got offended, but I think right after that conversation that Joe had, you know, it just, we, we bonded. But, you know, we just, as a group, we always went out to dinner. Like, we'd go on a road, on a road trip. We would, uh, we'd all meet up, go eat dinner. We would, uh, you know, and then we'd disperse. Guys would go their way. The you know the Christians would go <laughs> home. Scumbags would go out. So it was just you know it was one of those things. And but you know everybody got along. There was no animosity. It was just one big happy family. We all had each other's back, and that was very unique because I never 
I've never really been on a team that had that much chemistry and, you know, just, just that togetherness that we, we, we presented with one another. If there's any animosity, it was nipped in the butt. So that's, you know, we knew pretty, pretty early on that we were good and, and we, 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 we could win this all, but we didn't expect to do that well. And we, I mean, we took, we took advantage of it and just became the best team ever. Boomer, how important was it for you with your run-ins from time to time with Joe Torre to have a guy like David Cohn there? And I know Coney played golf with him a couple of times in his outing. Great, great guy and a character. And you guys get along great because you guys are two characters and you had your run-in and you, you guys hug it out and you guys became great drinking buddies and great you know, friends after the fact. But to have Coney throughout that 98 year is like the mediator between you and Joe Torre. How much of a must was that for you? Well, Joe, Dave understood me. Joe never did. Joe, had, he was set in his ways and his way or the highway. And to me, Coney, Coney went to Joe and says, Joe, just leave Boomer alone. He goes, I got him. Let me take care of him. And so basically, Coney took me under his wing and, and just let me do. Because Coney knew that, you know, he knew my, my lifestyle, how I, how I was. Coney was kind of the same way, but he was more understanding. He was more the professor. He was like the Greg Maddox you know, of the Yankees. And, and so he just said, Joe, leave him alone. Let me take care of him. I'll, I'll babysit him basically. And, you know, and it, and it worked and Joe basically left me alone and, you know, and that happened, but you know, it, just, it, it sucks to have to come down to something like that where your manager, you know, I just got pissed because he was more worried about what I did off the field instead of what I did on the field. It seemed like to me. So, you know, that's why we always butted heads and, you know, I didn't really, you know, appreciate that. I'm a grown man. I can do what I want. If I if I'm laboring out on the field and I'm not doing my job, then yeah, call me in and 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 give it to me. I'm a big boy. I can understand that. But you know the way that happened. But it worked out. Tony took me under his wing, and all hell broke loose. And look what we did. We we gelled. We bonded. Yeah, it worked out pretty nicely in '98. So you guys win the '98 World Series. You're the LCS MVP. I remember you tipping the cap to those obnoxious Cleveland Indian fans, Boomer. That was tremendous. I mean, from what they were saying in 97, I know you got the apology after the fact. How satisfying was it for you to go in 98, series is tied at two apiece, and you shove and you shut them down for as long as you did? That was very gratifying, you know, because Cleveland, you know, after that 97, it, it got really bad and, so I, I really, when we went to, when we went to Cleveland, I stayed at a different hotel, you know, anonymous. And I never left the hotel except I went from the ballpark to the hotel, hotel to the ballpark. And that was it. i never went out. I went out. I remember going down to the flats one night. I, I was with John Smiley because John Smiley was with Cleveland. And, uh, and I got people were throwing bottles and stuff at me. I, I had my life threatened a lot there in Cleveland. So it kind of sucked. So, you know, best thing to do is just, Grab a 12-pack from the clubhouse and go to the, go to the hotel and drink. <laughs> I like the sound of that, man. I mean, I hope I oh, would yeah. fit in with the scumbag, David. You know, like that's the group I'd want to be hanging out with with the Yankees. You know, no, no disrespect to the other group there, but you and Cody, my goodness. I, I mean, I don't know yeah. if I'd be able to keep up with you guys, but you guys seem like the kind of guys I want to hang out with. Well, we, we didn't get cheated, I tell you. We had, a, we had a good core of guys that went out and just enjoyed our – Enjoyed our time. We were responsible. We never got in trouble. We never, you know, we didn't hurt anybody. We didn't, you know, we might hurt some feelings, but, but other than that, it was, 
you know, we just we just had fun. We bonded, and that's what you do. You bond. You're grown men. Go out and have fun. Know when to turn on. When somebody gets out of line, you straighten them up a little bit. That's all we did. That was that's how it worked. That's how it should work. I don't disagree with that. Let's get to a day that I remember vividly, and I'm sure you remember it, you know, a hundred times more. I remember how shocked I was when I found out the Yankees going into 99 take you and Homer Bush and Graham Lloyd and, and trade for Roger Clemens, who was this headhunter. He's starting to fight in 1998, and he was always the enemy of the Yankees, Boomer. He had a chance yeah. to come to the Yankees, right? And basically said, nah, the hell with that. I'm going to the Toronto Blue Jays in 97. So, David, take me through when you're finding out that day. And I remember I was, I was livid. I was a little kid. I might have been crying a little bit. And I met you at FanFest, and I mentioned it to you, and you said, you were crying, bro. How do you think I felt getting traded from this Yankee team? How much did that hurt you? It, 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 it stung big time because, you know, you think you're a fan, you know, you're a fan favorite. Fans loved you. The bleacher creatures loved you. You know, and, and you know, you don't – not too many pitchers got roll calls from the bleacher creature. And, and so – but to me, to go in there, you, you, you have a 18-4, a and four, perfect game – Win the World Series. Why would you dismantle a team, you know, of of that reckoning? But you know, I knew it was me. I know Joe Torre didn't like me, so you know, I I knew he probably made some stink about it, and you know, and they got and they had Clemens. Clemens decided he wanted to come to New York, and you know, they they were high on on Clemens. It, it sucked for me, but I, I went to park that day, first day of camp, and I get called in the office right away, and I was like, wow. Already? <laughs> and Joe told me to sit down. I said, no, nah, I'm going to stand. And I'm standing there, and he's, I'm like, what's up? And he goes, I'm waiting on a couple guys. I'm waiting on a couple guys. He goes, yeah. I go, oh. <laughs> am I getting traded? And he goes, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I said, you know what? And then I just said, you know, it's part of the game. It's devastating. I was crushed. And I just looked at John. I said, you know, it's all good. As long as you don't trade me to Toronto, I'm good. And he looked at me and he goes, so who told you? I said, I'm going to Toronto. <laughs> and he's like, yep. And then Graham and Homer came in and it just, it was, Graham was devastated. He was crushed. Homer was doing cartwheels. I'm like, what are you so happy for? And he goes, I'm going to play. <laughs> 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 he was the 25th man on that Yankee team. The only time he was seeing the field boomer is if he was pitch running for like Tino or Paul O'Neill. Forget about it. Exactly. And so, but, but Homer was a hell of a player too. And, but he got an, his opportunity. He went to Toronto and he played every day. So, you know, but that just sucked. Cause I've had such bad blood with Toronto. You know, it just was, that's why I, I just said that because, you know, being there my first, what, 10 years of my career, and getting treated like crap. I didn't want to go back to another place where I got treated like crap. And it happened to be that. And, you know, no disrespect to the, to the Toronto fans and all that. It was more, it was the front office that I didn't like and, and all that. But, but they all took it with a grain of salt. And all hell broke loose. And I, I go to Toronto, I get booed. I get, you know, it, was, it wasn't that, it wasn't fun. But I went and did my job. You know, I went out there one Two years, won like, what, 15 games? 16 you started games. the All-Star game I, for the Blue Jays, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, in 2000, won 20 games in 2000, so it's not like I didn't do my job. And uh, But, yeah, so it, it just sucked. And then, you know, you get traded right after two, after you win 20 games, you get traded. 
that day after the season, I went to the the White Sox, and then that's when my my back went out, and played a year there, and went back to the Yankees. Well, I got to get to how you came back with the Yankees, but before we do, David, do you think to this day Joe Torre got you traded? I I I would bet my left, you know what, on it. All right, let's get to the return now because the Yankees lose the World Series in 01 to Arizona. Luis Gonzalez getting a Mariano Rivera, and you're a free agent, and you're getting wind and dime, bro. I mean, you meet with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Then out of nowhere, you get the, you know, we didn't have Twitter at the time, but I remember hearing David Wells is coming back. So take me through, like, that negotiation the second time through where all of a sudden the guy who gets traded away from the Yankees ends up back with the Yankees for the start of 2002. Well, I, you know, I was, I was a free agent and there was nobody out there. I couldn't get, I couldn't find a team. I couldn't find a team. And then the Diamondbacks, they called and then they, uh, they were interested. So they flew me out to Arizona, did the tour did all that, and my agent, and so Coangelo and and my agent, me, they had a couple other people, and then we went to, I think, this pizza place called Grimaldi's, and uh, Mark Grace was there, and, and all that. We sat down, and we started kind of hammering out a contract, and that was literally my only contract that I had on the table. So, but they were, Coangelo was promising me of this and that, that and this. I'm like, I don't want promises. I want cash. I said, you put money on the table. I don't want to, I don't want, you know, country club memberships, none of that stuff. And so, but my agent, we walk out of the room, come back in, you know, and all that. And he's like, you know what? It's, this is, this is a, the only thing we have on the table. And it was a really low ball offer, but it was the only one. So I shook, I shook hands with him. He goes, we got a deal. And I'm like, yeah, we got a deal. I said, perfect. And so we got up, we were leaving. He goes, Hey, Listen, this is contingent upon a physical. I'm like, whoa, wait a second. And my agent grabbed me, goes, let's go. I said, what do you mean, let's go? He goes, let's just go. He goes, there's your out. There's your out right there. Because they said it was, I was there the whole day. They could have done a physical that day. They threw that the last second. So I'm like, I'm, I said, no, this is, it is right now. We agreed. There's no physical. There's nothing. I'm good. And then I flew home the next day. It was what, Christmas Eve? And Steinbrenner called me. <laughs> He's like, he goes, we need to meet. And so he met me at Pete and Shorty's in Clearwater, right there next to Hooters. And we banged out a contract, a three-year deal. It was unbelievable. I could not believe what was going on. It was like one of the craziest things that ever happened to me in my life, sitting there with George over Shorty Burgers. And um, I think I had a beer. He was drinking a Coke, and, and we banged out. Three years of a contract. It was insane. Incredible then he wanted me stuff. to go to school. Now, did afterwards. you get a they, boomer? Did you get along very well with George? We got along great. We got along real good. I loved the guy. He was awesome. We butted heads, but you know what? You just you call him out. That's the thing. You stand your ground. He's going to respect you more. And that's what I did. I chased his ass out of the clubhouse in an interleague against Montreal when Pedro and I were going at it, and and I chased him out of the clubhouse. I started to kick his ass. I was pissed. And after that, we got along just fine. Your second stint with the Yankees, you were great. I mean, you were great in 2002. You were great in 2003. And, Boomer, you're on the same team now 
with Roger Clemens. Like, did you ever look at him and say, man, you know, you got a couple World Series rings that should have been mine. Like, was there ever any bad blood between you and Clemens sharing a locker room, being on the same team, knowing he was the guy you were traded for? No, you know, actually, he was a great teammate. He was awesome. You know, whatever some animosity because of the media, because when I, I had a deal on the table with the Yankees and, and, and uh, Roger had a deal with Toronto and then the Yankees got involved with, with uh, him, so I got put on hold. Then the Toronto had me an offer, gave me an offer, a big offer. And I was like, wow, I might be going back to Toronto in this. And so I was on hold because of Roger. So I went immediate. A, a reporter came up. I said, you got Roger's number? I said, tell him to pick a team because I got two good deals on the table right now. I'll take either one. And But I obviously wanted to go to New York, and cause, but they put me on hold because they were negotiating with him, and then Roger picked Toronto because they offered him a bigger contract. And so – I, I can't dispute that, but he got – so the media kind of went to Roger and made it sound like I was bitching and complaining at him. And I'm like, that wasn't the way – that wasn't the case at all. I just said pick a team, being funny. And – but so that kind of was some bad blood there. But when we became teammates, he was a great teammate. He's a funny son of a gun. He's great. 2003, David, and you're having a great year. The Yankees have the Aaron Boone game. You come back, and I remember you pitched out of the bullpen after throwing game five. You threw a gem at Fenway Park. Torrey puts you to come out in the eighth inning, and I remember you give up the home run to Ortiz, and you're pissed, sure. man. I remember you using some language I can't use on the air right now, and we all felt Dang that pain because they're down three. You know, like the Red, It looks like the Red Sox are going to go to the World Series, and you guys pull off the epic comeback, win that game. Great celebration. You shove in game one. What happened, my friend, between game one and game five where, of course, your back ends up tightening up? Oh, my God. Game one. So, we, 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 Aaron hits the home run. We're in the clubhouse. We're celebrating. And they never let family in. Never. The, the, the two years, 97, 98, they wouldn't let family in the clubhouse. But they let them in. And my girlfriend, that wife now, came running and she jumped on me. And I like, jumped in my arms, and it blew my back right out. I went into spasm, and I went down. I, I, I said, get off me, and I went to the ground. I just sat there. She started crying. I'm in pain. And then the next day, we had a workout and, or, or just a meeting. And then after the meeting, I just, you know, I, I got treatment the whole time I was there. And then I, I walked up. I was, after, after our meeting, I was at my car, and I could barely walk. And one of the clubhouse kids said, hey, Joe wants to see you. So I had to walk all the way back into the clubhouse. Oh, that's, not a, it's not a, that's not a short walk from the, from the parking lot to the clubhouse. And I'm like, I'm like Joe, what's up? And he goes, oh, you're pitching tomorrow, game one. He goes, you got you to go talk to the media. And I'm like, you couldn't have told me that when I was in here? So I don't know what that meant. But so I went and did the, uh, I did the interview in, in pain. And uh, as soon as I left that interview, I called the doctor, and I went down to Mount Sinai and got a cortisone shot. <laughs> I was great, and I felt good. I pitched a great game. I just got outpitched by Brad Penny. He threw a gem. And in game five, it flared up again. I took a shot at Tordal because uh, the cortisone wore off, and I just spasmed up, and I was done. I couldn't, I couldn't even wipe my own behind 
And that's telling you something, because for you, you'd be out there no matter what. And Boomer, I say to this day, if you don't throw your back out, the Yankees absolutely win the World Series. And I'll take it a step further. In 2004, when you find your way back to San Diego and Clemens and Pettit end up down in Houston, the Yankees had no pitching that year. When you were maybe keeping tabs from afar on the LCS, you think the collapse against the Red Sox happens if you're a part of the Yankee rotation? I think so. I mean, I, 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 I had a knack for big games. Give me the ball. I, I agree. Listen, I'll tell you this, David. You wouldn't have gotten shellacked the way that Brown and Vasquez did in Game 7. No way in the world. You would have competed your ass off in that game. Oh, no. I mean, you, you can't predict anything, but I'll tell you what. I would have kept them in the ball game. I mean, just look at my track record. Look at my playoff record. It shows that I, I, I like to win. So, you know what? I'm going to give you the game. I threw strikes. I didn't nitpick. I went right after guys. So, you know, that's the thing. So, yeah, I, I, I would say that wouldn't, have, that wouldn't have been like that. We would have probably done it. You know, I've got confidence enough to say that. Yeah, it's bold. They deserve but, it. Now, you know how weird was it for you, Booms? 2005, and I hated this. This bothered me. It wasn't your fault. You're a professional. you got to look out for yourself. You're pitching for the Boston Red Sox. Was that super, super weird for you? It was. It was because all the, you know, the, the, the rivalry, all the crap talking, you know, that went on. And, you know, it just it was one of those things. The fans are always going at it. It was, it was fun for us to watch because the fans, you know, they were more into it than we were it seemed like, but the rivalry was real and it was awesome. But, you know, to me, it was, you know, going there and it just, it just felt weird, but the guys were great. I hated the stadium, but I went there. I think I went eight and zero in 2005 at Fenway. I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't, I always pitched good enough to lose. You know, I'd pitch a game here and there. That was, that was good. But, you know, I, I, Fenway was not my favorite park to pitch in and, you know, in, in 2005, I, I I killed it. I did great. I loved it. The great David Wells. David, before we get you out of here, last year, I want to say, you and Coney did a series in Toronto for Yes. And I loved it, man. I felt like I was at the bar, <laughs> hanging with the fellas, and, and you guys are just breaking down baseball. I love you on TV, man. Is that something down the road you'd like to get more into? Because, listen, I think the game – is better off having you in it. You're a character. You got personality. You got all this baseball knowledge. Is that something you'd like to do more of in the years to come? Um, well, I've been, trust me, I've been trying to, but there's certain people that don't want me. I don't, I, I just, you know, that, that don't want me with the yes network. So, you know, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but trust me, I wanted to be there. I was fired up. I love working with Coney. I think Coney and I would be a great dynamic duo. You know, and and talk about the game and, and keep it going. You know, Coney's a very intelligent guy, and he knows the breakdown of the uh, analytics and all that stuff. I'm still not buying it, but you, you got to get. I see a little validity in it, validity in it. But to me, it was like. But then we can, in between, you know, when the game's slow, we can come up with some great stories and and really entertain the fans, the listeners. David, I can't so, thank yeah. you enough. You're one of my favorite Yankees all time. I, I got to see you Coney's outing whenever that's going to happen. Hopefully we'll be free at some point and I can see you pipe one 270. And I'm going to, I'm going to request that I'm the group behind you. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to take some notes as I'm watching you and Coney on the tee. So thanks for the time, man. Stay safe. Well, this was a blast. All right. 
No, my pleasure, but why don't you be in the group in front of us so we can drive into you? So then you'll uh, I don't know about that, man. As long as you're leaving some beers. Uh, now, listen, I'm going to have to leave the beers at the tee then for you. If it were the other way around, right. you know, maybe you guys could hook us up. Uh, you know, we'll have, to, we'll have to try to figure that out, bro. But I, I hope that you're hitting them straight. You hit them straight? I'm hitting them good right now. That a boy. Well, David, thanks for doing this, man. Uh, listen, you'll be all right, man. Hang in there, bro. Thanks yeah. for the time, and we'll catch up soon, all right? My pleasure, man. It was great. Thank you very much. There you have it. That's the great David Wells. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.